Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. And hello and thank you for listening. It's always delighted to be spending our Saturday with you. Uh, lots going on this week. And uh, if you want to listen to us, there's a little bit change now because the technology changes. And Marsha, I'll let you talk about Periscope in a second. Uh, that going forward, again, we mentioned last week, you will listen to the show now at uh, computerandtechnologyradio.com. Or, of course, you can listen in iHeartRadio and iTunes and such. But unfortunately, we won't be doing the live stream anymore because of technology changes. So it's all going to be uh, uh, podcasting and you have to download to hear us. So, Marcia, what do you want to add to that? Okay, I want to add to it that I see producer Kurt Boothman has gotten the stream up on Excellent. Twitter. Okay. Thank you. And we will not be live streaming. We will not be sending the show to Radio Jar anymore uh, after this week. So... Yeah, Jim Katzman, one of our listeners, says that's going to be interesting to getting used to, right, Jim? <sighs> Lots yeah. of changes. Everything is changing, so we have to keep up with technology and all that. But we will try to continue to uh, broadcast on Twitter as long as we can for a live stream. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of interesting. Like you said, I'm, I, you know, coming, uh, growing up in AM radio, I was just used to walking in the door, sitting in front of a mic and going, hey, now there's all kinds of changes and all kinds well, of Well, but you used to have your show notes on that stone tablet. With the well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it was heavy right. to bring that in every week. <laughs> you know, so uh, any event, yeah, that's what the latest is going on. So, uh, so you so know, hopefully we'll you'll have bear a lot with of changes. Yeah, please yep. bear with us. It's been a long time. We've had a lot of you on for a long time. But, hey, you're listening to everyone else's podcasts on the podcast network, so hopefully this will all work, and we're going to really try to figure out how to keep this on Twitter somehow. Yeah, <laughs> and we're going to tweak this as we go along. So just remember, next week, if you turn turn on the show Saturday at noon, we won't be there with a live show, so you'll have to pick us up on the... Uh, and we'll on, put a post up on the page to remind you. Yeah. And you can also, by the way, find information about us on our Facebook page, which is uh, computerandtechnologyradio.com, and uh, our website, of course, which is the same, computerandtechnologyradio.com. So hopefully that's not too much information to blow your, uh, completely blow your minds. We're working on it, and it's been a lot of work for us, too. And uh, thank you to Wade for putting this all together. Uh, okay. So fake calls. I've had a ton of these calls. You have fake calls from Apple, from now, Amazon. Have you, noticed, have you noticed this ramping up like this week? I haven't noticed this week, but I've had these for months now. You know, uh, Apple, oh, there's something wrong. You know, you ordered this, or I got an email saying your $1,400 blah, blah, blah is ready to ship from Amazon or, you know, something from Apple. So I've gotten a lot of phone calls and emails, but not in the last week. In the last week, I've gotten two calls, which is a considerable ramp up, you know, because you get them randomly. And okay, basically, the scam is you get a call with a recorded message that says it's Amazon the me or Apple, but the message says that there's something wrong with your account. It could be a suspicious purchase, a lost package, or an order they can't fulfill. Uh, in another twist, if it's from Apple, they'll say there's suspicious activity in your Apple iCloud account and that your account may have been breached. So a normal person like totally freaks out. 
So in both of these scenarios, the scammers say you can press one to speak with someone, which, you know, they have your best, best wishes at heart. Or they give you a phone number to call. Now, what is interesting is that a phone number does show up on caller ID right. on the two calls that I got. No it name. Says Apple. Oh, I've had um, them where it actually says Apple. The Amazon one does not say Amazon. Okay. Okay. But don't call the number. Do not press one to speak to customer support. Do not call a phone number they gave you. Do not give out any personal information. Definitely what they're trying don't. to do is steal your personal information, like your account password or your credit card number or something like that. And when you get these calls, I'm starting to get amused by it. <laughs> but what you can do, did you know that the FTC had a customer complaint center? Uh, I never used it, but it didn't surprise me. I used it. I reported it. It's under consumer complaints. F well, there's FCC.gov. I reported mine to the FTC, which is reportfraud.ftc.gov, which should really be your first stop. Right. And I filled out the form, and I'm going to assume they're going to because I had the phone number, but I checked the phone number, and the phone number was spoofed. It, you know, when I ran a Google search, it didn't go to anyone in specific. Right, of course not. No, of course but not. That, but, it, but the thing is, Mark, if they spoofed it, how do they spoof your return call back? So they must have burner phones that they keep changing. Maybe, because yeah. if, it's, if it's a spoofed call, it's a number that doesn't exist. Well, right. So they obviously have burner phones, and they use the number until, you know, it gets hot, and then they switch it out, So, which is why I reported, like, within minutes of the call. At one more time, reportfraud.ftc.gov, and hopefully we're going to get rid of some of these scammers, because this, I can easily see why some people would respond to it, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, hopefully so. You know, And you always hope that things like that, when you go to a Federal Trade Commission or whatever it is, that they actually do something about it. You know, sometimes well, you worry that you report it and then Does it's our lost government the really do anything about anything except pay themselves more money? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, a, you know, it's tough. I mean, I hope that those things do actually happen and they help. But in the interim, you can't do anything about it. All you can do is, for example, I bought years ago uh, one of these, um, I'm trying to remember the actual name of the device, that when you get a call and you know it's a scam call, it blocks your calls. And, uh, and this one we is have that on our mobile phones, too. A Narumbo, I think it's called. Yeah, mine is called the CPR call, uh, call blocker. V5000. It stores thousands of phone numbers in it. Uh, and you just hit the button when the call comes in, it blocks that number. The problem is, as Marcia says, they're using so many different phone numbers that you just don't have the opportunity to, you know, you block yeah. one and the next one comes up anyway. If I have the time, I always run the number on, uh, on Google to see if it's a legit number or something like that. But just a piece of advice. So let's say you got this call and you're still a little worried because the call sounds really real. I mean, it sounds legit. Go to your Amazon account. Go to your iCloud account. You know, click on my account and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if there's some sort of problem, they're going to let you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, it's going to be there. So Yeah, just be careful. Just, don't click on anything. <laughs> you know, well, you can right, click right if you source. go direct to your 
Amazon or Apple account. But you're on a phone. This is a robocall. Nothing to click. So yeah, exactly. just do your best. Stay safe and be responsible. Yeah, exactly. And hello to Valencia. Thanks for uh, joining us, uh, as our, uh, as you often do. Um, so anyway, so yeah, just be very, very careful with what you do with that, uh, with that stuff. And uh, that's the only way you can really be safe and not get scammed into doing something that you should definitely should not want to do. For uh, sure. So that yeah, so that's uh, okay. And uh, you know, I have been playing video games for years. I have the new PlayStation Five, which I uh, am enjoying. Uh, many of you want the new Xboxes, but apparently, you found something about uh, buying shares of video games. What is that? Well, you know, it's vi- the price of classic video games has gone up like crazy, and you know that I was a big Zelda freak. Right. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. The last one I bought was Zelda something something <laughs> in a gold package. Oh, yeah. I think I might still have that laying around here, actually. Right. I never opened it. Well, P.S., it sells for like three to $600. Nice. So, I mean, find it, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to start I'll looking. sell it for you. Yeah, it would. I Although won't sell it for you, but I'll show you how to sell it. I mean, I hope that's actually true because I told you the whole story about finding last week about finding the VHS tape that I thought was worth yes, like a I billion know, Mark. dollars. I know. Yeah. No, it is legit. The And that's why this is happening. Uh, this is all very, very legit. People do collect. I mean, certainly it's better than NFTs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, right. What they're doing is these vi- ancient video games, so ancient, 20, 30 years ago, are yeah, going for sure. up for auction in legitimate auctions. And somebody has to buy them and pay for them to get them to the auction. Right. Not everybody goes directly to an auctioneer. So a copy, if you have it, of Super Mario Brothers for the NES... Uh-huh. Sold for $114,000 in July. Yeah, that's crazy. In November, a copy of Super Mario Brothers 3 was auctioned off at 156000 making it the most expensive video game ever. But remember, there's a thing, condition. <laughs> Has it, you know, been used, used, used? Has it never been taken out of the box? You have to consider all these different things before you think that you have this gold pile <laughs> in a drawer yeah, somewhere. Right. right. So, I mean, stock market for pop culture has just gotten crazy. It's its own market. I mean, think about uh, the connection that people have with Zelda, like I oh, do, yeah. and, and sure. Pokemon. I mean, these are cultural touchstones. So when this stuff goes up for auction, people just go crazy. Um, What you can do is you can buy, like the writer in Wired, bought five shares of a pristine sealed copy of Zelda 2 on the website Otis for $10 a share. So he paid $50. Right. He also snapped up five shares of a sealed copy of 1987's Contra for the NES. Great. That was a great game. Love that game. Okay. Um, they're not making any more than the ones they have on the Otis website. They're in perfect condition. Uh, they estimate the market value of that Contra one at $32,800. Which is, it's, it's crazy. But the deal is... You go in and buy some shares, 
mm-hmm. of this one game, this specific game. And then they go up for auction and you get a payout of whatever it sells for. You know, if there are a hundred shares in it, you get yep. one one hundredth of what it sold for. So the guy said he checked the Otis app in a few days and he made $4 and 75 cents. Hey, there you go. Thanks to his five shares of Zelda two in near per. Well, he made it, so he got his money back, and four seventy five. That's a, almost a ten percent profit. That's not bad. There you go. There but you the go. game hadn't been sold. It's just that other investors, just like the stock market, drive the price up. Yeah, it's so a crazy you see, story. Uh, Cryptocurrency is way crazy. This I can basically understand because I get auctions. I can get pop culture. And who knows? Who knows what this is? But um, there's a newsletter called Alternative Assets that you can find more information about this. And hey, the Otis website, I'm going to be pushing around on it. I want to see if as soon as I get done with what I'm doing for work right now, I'm going to be seriously onto this. It's really funny. I, you know, I have to say that my daughter was a huge Contra fan when she was a kid and she loved that game. So I was perusing the PlayStation store and all of a sudden on the PlayStation store for a really inexpensive price, like 10 bucks, were like 10 Contra games that came out. So I downloaded it to the PlayStation 5 and I have to say it does lose a little bit in the translation after looking at the game and playing it for a few minutes, you know, because games used to like scroll across the screen. Today, you have this open architecture where you play everywhere and you can move to this side and that side. And that's, well, these just went one way across the screen. So it took a little bit of a remembering learning curve to do it. And, and of course, graphically, they're so dated today, but they're still fun. And if you were a fan of it, that, you know, that's kind of a fun thing to do. So, uh, well, anyway, I mean, that. the prices for these games, just so you know, if you have any old NES games, Get them out, dust them off, clean them up, (laughs) make them look as good as possible. Because when you're talking about this kind of money, just a year ago, similar games that were graded, and that's a whole discussion for another time is getting your games graded, uh, were selling for prices like $1,000. Just so you know, getting your games graded means you send them in to a company, they examine the quality, they examine whether they work, the whole thing, and then they seal them in plastic. Yeah, exactly. So, what can I say? I don't think a game to me is any good if it's sealed in plastic. But it yeah. seems to be the way to go if you're going to be selling them. Well, so the same thing with baseball cards and, and, and the basketball cards, you know, that you have to send in for grading and such. And some of them are very, very valuable. So, uh, it's kind of fun to do, though. Oh, and, I, and we I, did I, talk last week about eBay putting a scanner into their app, so... You can uh, scan baseball cards. So that's going to bring a whole lot more to the. To yeah, the that, site. that yeah that I uh, I have some baseball cards or basketball cards laying around. You know that I would like to find out if they're actually worth anything. So when when were they supposed to do that, or are they just starting? Mm, that they're just starting. Just yeah. you know, they. That's why we generally don't talk about things until they actually happen. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, a new Android scanner app though did come out, and that's kind of cool. Um. You want receipts, you want to file receipts, the whole thing. Now, yes, Android has always had a scanner. I mean, just, you know, document scanner, yeah. But this one turns it into a PDF, and that's very cool. 
I mean, allows you to keep a digital copy, and it's called Stack, and you provide a high-quality version of the document. Um, I, I think it's great. I think it's great. If you've ever used a scanner on your phone, you know, yeah, a scanner of a document, have you done it? It ain't that great. I mean, you take a picture yeah, right. of it, okay. It looks like a picture of a folded piece of paper. <laughs> right. But this actually makes a good PDF, and it'll save it to Google Drive. And one of the things we're going to be talking about soon is the takeover of Google being more like Apple. So that's kind of interesting. But uh, it's available for Android phones and tablets. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the, those are the, it's always nice. You know, scanners are tough to have. We, whoa, Marsha, you okay? Um, we, um, you know, we used to have scanners. I used to have scanners on my printer. So when I wanted to scan something, I'd just pop it on the screen. And the newer printers aren't really coming with scanners. I'm sure the higher-end ones might do that. Because uh, there are times that you want to scan something in. Or even hey, fax Mark, something. Hey, Mark, we, we yeah. keep uh, an old HP all-in-one. That has scanning and, on it. And it has the thing where you can put a stack of papers on to scan. Very right. handy for tax time. You know, when you yeah, send stuff to the accountants and sure, stuff like absolutely. that. Sure, absolutely. Especially yeah. people are not necessarily rushing out to their accountant's office as they normally would do. You know, they're uh, faxing or they're scanning or they're doing whatever. So that, that's yeah, kind of a nice Yeah, you just have to look for the initials MFC after the printer name, which means right. multifunction printer. So Correct. It'll work. And yeah. more more on Google. Now, T-Mobile is the first. But from what I've read, every, every brand is going to do this. The thing you don't know about Android phones, which is quite confusing, you buy a Samsung phone. It comes loaded with Samsung messages. And you can be using Samsung messages all day and night. And you're sharing all your data with Samsung. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Why shouldn't they have it? Everyone else does. Well, I don't think they should. The point is, you've got an Android phone. That is Google. They should be getting the messages. I mean, they should be getting whatever data. Plus, right. these ones that have been put on by the manufacturers, it's not just Samsung. Yeah, Moto messages, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But now it's RCS, which is just like... Apple. So you get better quality photos and videos. You can chat over Wi-Fi or data. You can share reactions. You know, I hate that. Such and such like this picture. Really? You can't say ha ha or just make a comment. You have to just, I, I don't like that. What can I say? Right. But, but the point is, uh, T-Mobile will be the first company to scrap their their T-Mobile messages and go to Google messages. And I believe from everything I've read, people are going to follow suit. And other news, they're also going to be scrapping. T-Mobile had that TV vision. I don't know if you heard about it. T no, that doesn't sound familiar. I know well, about WandaVision. Was, WandaVision was a good show. That was show, a show, no. Mark. Yeah. No, oh, sorry. This That's was a network. Thing. This was oh, a network. Sorry. No. Yeah, okay. um, it's, it's on Philo. If someone uses Philo, but no more, that's not going to happen anymore. And YouTube TV will be the preferred for T-Mobile because their TV software with the 5G is that much better. 
But I still, somebody help me on Twitter. Really, you're watching TV shows on your phone? I know yeah, on Android yeah. you can throw them to your t- to a TV. Right. Yeah, you can cast them over. Right. Uh, I. I mean, the only time that I ever do that is, I mean, for example, if I'm sitting, we have family over, and I'm sitting at the dining room. And you're table, being rude, right? And I'm, be- and I'm being rude, but the Liker game is on, or the you know some some other game is on, and so I put my phone on the table and I kind of watch it out of the corner of my eye. So that's about the only time I actually really. Well, do, you were always the often. guy who would go to a baseball game and have an AM radio. Uh, absolutely, because uh, you had to listen to Vin Scully, because that was the only way that it made any sense at all. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, by the you want to talk a little? Okay. Go. Well, I was just going to go back to the Google Messages for a, a second. Supposedly, they are going to be encrypted now. I don't know that they did that. This was at the end of the year. They were going to have end-to-end encryption on Google Messages. Do you know if they've done that yet? Well, they've always had that on Google Messages. But the point is, people didn't use Google Messages unless they went to the app uh, Play Store and downloaded it. Right. And I finally figured that out after a while. I'm going, something's just not right here. <laughs> just like, because well, I use more than art- one phone. Yeah, well, the yes, article so- says Google would not commit to a specific time frame when Google Message encryption will land for beta testers. That's so, interesting. So we'll have yes. to see and find out. We'll yeah, because I know that, uh, yeah, that Apple, uh, that uh, iMessages are encrypted, as are things like WhatsApp, which is, has end-to-end encryption. So Wouldn't use important. WhatsApp if my life depended on it, because Facebook is getting all the data. Well, right. And there's one thing if you want to trust Apple, one thing if you want to trust Google. But if you're tr- trusting Facebook with any information, you really ought to think twice or talk to somebody. <laughs> Yeah, it's a tough one. No, it's not tough. It, it's just not smart. It's really not smart because they are their whole thing. That entire platform is based on your data. At yeah, least exactly. Apple and Google sell things. Come on. Yeah, you know that is true. That is definitely true. Uh, okay, so phone. Let's see. Phone share data every four and a half minutes. What does that actually mean? That when you're even when you're not locked in, logged in, phones will share. They they call home. We talk about this, and you came up with a good story, and I came up with the Trinity College study, which they are the people who did it, and they studied the phones, and Google handsets collected one megabyte of data sent from an idle Pixel handset every 12 hours. But now remember. We're saying an idle Pixel handset. That is a Google phone. We don't know if that's happening with a Samsung or a OnePlus. Or the, and that's the weirdness of Android phones. You right. just can't put a blanket wash over it all. But the Google Pixel handset every 12 hours compared to only 52 kilobytes sent from an iPhone. Which, yeah, it's really interesting. It's, it's a lot of interesting information, but oh, the collecting IMEI, serial phone numbers, serial numbers, location, blah blah, which they're we know they're all doing anyway. I right. bet they're thrilled when they collect the data from the phones I leave on that sit on the counter for a week. <laughs> I mean, like, knowing that that Google collects twenty more uh, times the data on the Android than the Apple, does that change your thought about using an Android phone? Well, Ars Technica, which is a website that I speak to, uh, that I not only speak to, but I read all the time, they went to Google 
and asked about what the story is. And right. Google disagreed with the methodology of the research. Quote, we identified flaws in the researcher's methodology for mes- uh, measuring data and disagree with the paper's claims that an Android device shares 20 times more data than an iPhone. According to our research, these findings are off by an order of magnitude. We shared our methodology concerns with the researcher before uh, publication. Goes on to say that the research largely outlines how smartphones work. Now, think about this. When you have a car, a modern car, that sends basic data about the vehicle p- components all the time. I know right. that when I get in my car once a month, like the minute I get home, there's an email from Cadillac telling me about yeah. my car. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, that's sending data. And you know in the Tiger Woods, when he had his horrible accident, mm-hmm. they didn't examine his phone. They went to the black box in the car. Right. So, folks, you got to know that everything you have is reporting on you, which is why I actually cover the camera on the front of my phone most of the time. Do you really? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I do. As a matter of fact, uh, the computer I'm on, it's a desktop, right? Well, not a desktop, but an Mm -hmm. all-in-one. I have one of those little slidey things covering the camera. That you can shut it down. But did you just say you do that on your phone as well? You cover your camera? Yeah, it's just like a little dot. You buy them on right. Amazon. It's like a little sticker. You can't even see it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, because, and this is a report for another show, um, every app you download can access it, whether they tell you so or not, or whether you don't give them permission. Once something is in your phone, it can get data, period. Yeah. And how many years is it going to take for them, oh, we just discovered a bunch of apps that had problems and downloaded yeah. data. Yeah, right. Brand new news. <laughs> yeah. My guess is that if they're denying that it's true, it probably is true. Oh, well, we don't like the methodology of the way they performed the study. So, I don't know. Well, I don't it, believe it's anyway. like we had another story about fleeceware apps. Now, who knows yeah, about what, fleeceware apps? The deal is... They're both in Apple. They're both in Android. And Fleeceware is basically an app. As long as it plays by the App Store's rules, uh, it's good to stay in there. And technically, they don't contain malware. But what they do is misguide users into making a $100 purchase off a bogus in-app purchase. For example, um, it isn't something that's easily caught without a number of people flagging the app or complaining directly. And even then, people may not know about. So a vast recently discovered 204 fleeceware apps living on the Apple and Google app stores. Given how many apps there are, okay, that's not a whole lot. Yes, this is a billion, one billion apps. But there were more than one billion total downloads. Right. And over 400 million in revenue made. Now, that, that's, I'm not sure that that's revenue made by Google and Apple or revenue made by fleecing the customer. Yeah, right. So exactly. Basically, you can get through a game and then you have to buy to continue right. yeah. or free to download, but just don't download anything for free and be real careful. I don't even know why you even need. So why don't you just double check to see if you've been suckered. If you're on Apple phone, go to the app store, your Apple ID, 
and then go to purchased. To check past purchases with payments, go to the App Store, Apple ID in the upper right corner, Apple ID with your name and address, purchase histories. And to check active subscriptions, App Store, Apple ID, upper right corner subscriptions. But the bottom line is, why do you have apps on the phone if you're not using them? Just well, yeah. get rid of them. They're taking data every minute. And on Android, uh, to check past purchases with payments, go to the Paste. Play Store, the hamburger icon, the upper left corner, account and purchase history. Check active subscriptions, Play Store, hamburger icon, upper left corner subscriptions. And just delete this stuff because not only will they get you emotionally involved and try to fleece you out of money, uh, you know, like pay to unlock the next level or right. pay to subscribe or something like that. Uh, just don't do it. There's so much out in the world that you can enjoy without worrying about being fleeced. I mean, you know, as a parent, you you have this a lot because kids who play these video games, and they're legitimate, by the way, Most of, in the most cases, these are actually legitimate apps that charge you to, as you said, Marcia, move on or get to the next level or something, but they charge a fortune. You know, if you don't have locks of some kind, child locks of some kind, then the kids are going to go, oh, yeah, it's only 99 cents. I'm going to do that. And then, you know, $3,000 later, they right. spent all this money on, on the gaming. The, it was interesting to find that they said that most of the apps on here were for the fleecing apps were for musical instruments or palm readers or fortune tellers except yeah. I can't get rid of them. I can't get rid of my fortune telling app how will I know what what, what about I'm doing your astrology life? app I mean that's so well, god yes right? yeah. exactly how, how will yeah. I know what to do tomorrow if I don't have my astrology app so <laughs> I know. Uh, you know so anyway, just be careful when you do this stuff. Uh, we were talking to be off air a little bit about uh, EV charging. So, you know, you found that uh, there's a big difference between cars and the way they plug Yeah, in. you know, and this was from Vice, and I thought it was really vice.com, which I thought was very interesting. So those of us who don't have electric vehicles, we just figure, right, you plug them in somewhere and they charge up, right? I mean, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that, each brand, each type has a different plugger. Yeah. Plugger. I don't know. There's an official word for it <laughs> somewhere. Yes. But, you know, the plugger thing you plug in, just plug your Tesla into a charger, it starts charging. Right. Uh, except for the fact that if you have a Prius, it may have a different connection. And what if you have a house with two different electric cars? Right. Exactly. Um, uh, they said... It's just ridiculous. And also on road tripping, do you come up to an electric charger and will it do your connection? There's been a lot of people who are all of a sudden finding um, major automakers are saying they get serious about competing with Tesla and they, they have to do, you know, something that will work together. But they can't do it with the current patchwork of third-party chargers over which there are no standards, and they have no control over the customer experience, which is technically just like a gas station, right? We don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's the same with cell phones. I mean, how many different charging, you know, Apple uses a different one than Android, oh, who uses yeah. a different one than somebody else. You well, know, not so, so much uh, anymore. Um, a USB it's gotten a little better. USB-C yeah, it's gotten a little better. is, yeah, a lot better. So, yeah, I think, I think, it's, uh, I think it's a good thing with phones, but EV cars, I mean, that's a big investment, a huge investment. 
Yeah, so, I, mean, I think there's electrical stations like for the Tesla, you can get a cheaper one, but I think they're about twelve hundred dollars. If I remember, the last time I looked at something to, yeah, to but, get the okay, little charging. Yeah, okay. So you invest unit. in that big thing. Yeah, and then, and you, then don't you get want a to Tesla. change your yeah, but then you want to try a different EV. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly I mean, right. It's so not like getting a twenty dollar new cable. <laughs> no, no, it definitely is not. Yeah, I mean, I think some of them, and maybe somebody on Apple will be able on Apple. I mean, on uh, Twitter or something can tell us uh, whether I think some of those cars just plug into normal outlets. Uh, if I remember correctly, like the well, Prius, you have I to have at totally least wrong. have a two forty. 240 right. connection in the garage instead of a 120 yeah but i yeah in in what i read after this story and i did a little research no 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 so real quick apple maps tell us real quick what's going yeah, on there. Uh, apparently they're going to start showing covid19 airport travel guidance at various airports globally so they will start showing you what you need at a particular airport for health reasons uh, whether you need face covering or health tests or screening or quarantined guidelines from different places because people are in fact beginning to travel again uh, the economy the world is starting to open up again and i know here in california we've moved from tier to tier and you know things are getting a lot of better a, a lot better so they're using data from aci uh, it's, uh, apple maps to displays their guidance to more than 300 airports, airports worldwide. Uh, they are everywhere, a lot of interesting places, India, Mumbai, uh, you know, a number of airports that will show you specifically the travel guidelines. And, you know, that certainly can be helpful if you're planning to travel. It's almost like forgetting to bring your passport. Well, now you got to know what you need to do to be able to travel and, you know, what requirements each individual airport has once you go there. I don't know how many people yet are traveling internationally, um, but I know that well, I have to tell you, I had I had a trip planned for the end of April with my daughter, right. and we canceled it because we were going to be staying at a five star hotel. Right. And then all of a sudden, I read the reviews on TripAdvisor: no room service, no service oh. at the pool, no uh -huh. house regular housekeeping, no regular trash pickup, and this is a five star hotel. Yeah, exactly. It, to be honest with you, I called up. Um, a senior person in the city of Miami Beach who I went to school with and I said, yeah. what the hell are you doing to the city? How can you even let these places open up? Right. If they're going to ruin the reputation. So, yeah, traveling just isn't there yet. So, what I want to tell you is Google Maps has put AR into their maps. So, let's say you're at said airport mm -hmm. and you get lost and you put in the location where you want to go and hold your camera up, you'll see arrows pointing you to the right direction. So right, I think exactly. that's very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, that is very interesting. Yeah, that's good stuff. I mean, it's very helpful. And hopefully someday in the near future, you will be able to get all those things like room service at a hotel, if that's what you were expecting previous uh, well, to this. I mean, really. I mean, I don't even know if I was going to use it. But to know that you couldn't get it and that four of six restaurants were closed on the resort, what? <laughs> yeah, why would anybody, I mean, were, did you ask them, well, am I the only one that made a reservation? Uh, no, it seems, according to TripAdvisor and Expedia, these places are packed because they had wow. lower, they had lower room fees. Oh, well, yeah, but who cares? I mean, yes, so you go in and check in, in a I nice mean, hotel But I mean, even if you room. go into a very, let's say a $700 night, hotel room, if you're splitting it right. with four people, it's not quite as bad. Right. And that's what people are doing. It's, uh, yeah, 
bad. I'm very you know, bad. It's interesting. So yeah, as you I'm say that, going. I wonder how much are, are fares, hotel costs, are they, have they been, re- I assume during COVID, they were doing they anything. They were reduced, so yes. Yeah. They were definitely reduced. I went yeah. through American Express to buy mine, and uh, yeah, I'd say I got a real deal. But, you know, and they say they're selling out the ho- in the reviews, they're selling out the hotels, selling all the rooms, but they don't have enough staff to take care of the people. Well, right. Yeah. So that's kind of <laughs> tough. So no room service, no re- uh, most of the restaurants are closed. No housekeeping. No housekeeping. Somebody yeah, I, had a review we- that they stayed there for six days and had the sheets changed once. What? Interesting. Okay. I'm not yeah. paying big money for that. Yeah. Yeah, you because know, they're still charging $30 a head for breakfast in a hotel. Uh, assuming that the restaurant's actually open to get breakfast. Yeah, if you can get in, and that was the other story. Yeah, wow, that's kind of interesting. Um, all right, so PayPal, this is interesting, and more and more people are taking cryptocurrency. So you found that PayPal is now going to have a checkout with crypto option. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just not into crypto. Customers are going to be able to select their cryptocurrency of choice, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Coin, Ethereum, or Bitcoin Cash, depending on what they're holding in a PayPal account. And I don't know how that would work, because I thought you're supposed to keep your Bitcoin in some sort of locker that you're eventually yeah. going to lose the password for. Well, your wallet billions. or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Yeah. So I'm not real sure. But those of you who are into cryptocurrency, just remember when the people were bought buying pizza with Bitcoin back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Right. And now what Bitcoin is worth. So, you know, if Bitcoin's a real deal, do you really want to be paying for your PayPal purchases on it? Uh, yeah, very interesting. I mean, a lot of people have made a lot of money, needless to say, with these cryptocurrencies. I don't have any opinion myself on them. Uh, but, yeah, they've done you know tremendously well, and big companies are starting to accept Bitcoin, just like PayPal here. Well, you know, um, what is it, Patrick on Overstock.com, he collected Bitcoin way back in the day when Bitcoin yeah. was in the early days. And I'm sure the company has made a fortune off of the Bitcoin that they collected oh, during that absolutely. Time. Are you kidding? You bet. Um, but, you know, this turns almost cryptocurrency. I hate to say it, but, you know, Dad always said, I'm going to call my bookie, meaning his stockbroker. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, crypto- oh, great. Right. Well, you know, it is. It's kind of a, you know... Kind of like gambling a lot of times, and so is cryptocurrency in my mind. So yeah. don't look at me for advice on cryptocurrency. Yeah, there you go. Or or me either. Uh, okay, so Apple is now updating Siri with two new voices. Uh, they will remove, they're going to be uh, removing their default female or male voices. So you can now pick, and I haven't heard it yet, but it comes in the next update. Oh, my which daughter is got, got the new voices, yeah. Oh, she but did? Cause the, the, yeah. Oh, because it's sticking, supposed to come on the next one. She has, she got new voices. She played them for us. So who knows? Okay. All right. So yeah, you get new. And how do they sound? Did they sound less um, computer voiced? You're talking to someone again who doesn't like talking to a phone. <laughs> so <laughs> oh. no, I don't talk to inanimate objects. Um, you don't say thank you when you ask. You know, for advice from one of the devices, and they give it to you. You don't say thank you for that. Sometimes I actually do, and then I, <laughs> then I say to myself, "What kind of idiot are you? You just say thank <laughs> you to to Google Hub." 
Well, she's always listening, so she should, yeah. Yeah, scotch tape over that, too. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's well, you a big know, problem. Th- we weren't going to talk about, you know, the new Google Hub has LiDAR built into it so that it tracks how you sleep. Mm-hmm. Now, I Great. am so glad that I got the old Google Hub because I love what it does and it's great. And I see my uh, billions of photos from Google Photos. Yes. And I see other artworks and I get my calendar and I can get a morning news report. But I don't want anything watching me when I sleep or it doesn't watch you. It measures your sleep. None of your business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's bad enough that I have the watch that monitors my sleep, but I know for sure that's not correct because I did a sleep test. I know that these things are not right. The sleep study you get off your phone. Otherwise, just think they wouldn't be using... They would be using smartwatches to diagnose sleep problems, and they're not. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, by the way, just a, another reminder, uh, this today, for now at least, will be our last live show. From now on, everything will be on the um, on the different networks like iTunes, iHeartRadio, and you can go to computerandtechnologyradio.com to listen to us. So uh, if we can figure out a way technologically to stream live again, we will do that. But for the near future, everything will be on the archives. Uh, yeah, and nothing, one of the well, it won't be called archives anymore, Mark. That well, right. is where the show will live. And, yeah, right, exactly. Uh, just don't forget, tell your friends, because it's still going to be as good as ever. We're going to try and get you some new and interesting stuff like we do every week. So, Right, exactly. It'll be the same show, exactly the same. It's just you'll listen to it a day later rather than... Or it probably will post on Monday or Tuesday. So just get used to uh, downloading it from whatever source so you'd like to do that. From. Real quick, I have to throw in here before we close out. Um, Samsung Cloud is disappearing. Now, as I said, the deal with, and I was talking to people on Twitter about this who said, well, it, you know, Apple does a much better job of getting an app out. Well, yeah, because Apple makes the hardware and the software. Yeah. Android, or somebody who makes an app for Android, has to make it for Android, all the versions of Android, all the different carriers who have their own twist, and all the different ma- manufacturers. So, you know, I think that's... There you go. Oh, no. I don't know. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. You have to do buy yes, of the week. We oh, my goodness. We have to do real quick. Well, quick. I almost forgot because uh, our format quick. is a little different. So we're going to do the, uh, we're going to switch to the now, planet, quick. the universe, and the all the seven seas and Sam's Club for the buy of the week. And they've got a great buy. Thank you, Wade. They've got a great buy on the LG 65-inch Class 4K Smart Ultra HD TV with AL Thin Q. I own an AL Thin Q TV, the one I just got. It's fantastic. It's model number 65UN7300 AUD. And it's on sale for $549. I mean, that is incredible. And how big is it again? It's a 65-inch. Wow. And it's all the bells and whistles. And now you wow. got to be a member of Sam Club, which costs you 50 bucks for a year. So you might want to take a look on that. But uh, again, it's the LG 65-inch Class 4K TV, available at Sam's Clubs for $549, 65-inch. So that's pretty cool. And if you're um, not a member of Sam's Club, you can get a, a friend of yours to take you in. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah, there you go. Also, real quick, just a quick TV thing because we, you know, the show went by so fast. Uh, HBO Max, I use it. I actually am enjoying it a lot more than I thought it was going to. I just watched uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, which I didn't think I would ever watch, and you know, it was a really good movie. And uh, they they've done a really good job. They're releasing the movies at the same time in the theater as they are on their streaming, so you get it for free if you're you know an HBO Max uh, user plus a number of other things they have. So uh, you don't. Do you have HBO Max? Uh, yes, I do, but I haven't found as va- as much value in it as you have. Yeah, I found a bunch of good stuff on HBO Max. I was impressed when I first saw it. I thought, nah. like, like, yeah. uh, oh gosh, let me think. Well, there's a you know there's the original shows on HBO Max like Curb Your Enthusiasm and that. I mean that on the regular HBO, yeah. and uh, there's a bunch of other stuff now. I can't. Re- I'm, I'm sadly I cannot remember. We're almost out of time. Uh, but take a look at it, HBO Max. I think it's. I get it as part of my normal subscription. I think it's 15 bucks a month. Otherwise, but uh, they got the new um, uh, the Super Justice movie, the four hour Justice movie, which I have not watched yet. That they did redid. So number of things on there and uh and that's the story matrix four is coming on there suicide squad so a bunch of stuff will be up there well, um, that's good anything else yeah. you've been watching real quick uh i've been watching why women kill which i'm thoroughly enjoying on the paramount network uh comedy other stuff and that's it okay, for us hey listen goodbye. everybody uh, take it easy don't drink and drive we want you back with us next and week. don't forget it. next week we may not be live for you but you can always find us on the podcast networks iHeartRadio, itunes you know them all and eventually we're going to be on spotify so you take care from tech radio marcia collier mark cohen kurt boothman and wade taylor bringing you the show have a great week bye-bye You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought. <laughs>